Turn to Genesis 6, chapter 5 through 9. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. Yes, God. <clears throat> for he is awesome. Yes. He does mighty things. We thank you, Lord, for this, your word. As I decrease, your Holy Spirit increase. <clears throat> if you have it, would you please stand for the reading of the word in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 9. And I'll be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible Version. And uh, it reads to oh, I have pages slipping. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 through 9, reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible Version. And it reads to his when the Lord saw that man's wickedness was widespread on the earth, and that every scheme his mind thought of was nothing but evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Then the Lord said, I will wipe off the face of the earth man whom I created, together with the animals, creatures that crawl in the birds of the sky, for I regret that I made them. Verse 8, Noah, however, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You got to put your name right there. Zayas, however, found favor in the eyes of the Lord. You got to put your name right there. These are the family records of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among his contemporaries. Noah walked with God. You may have your seats. On your way to your seats, just look to your neighbor and say these three things. The Lord saw. The Lord saw. The Lord regretted. The Lord regretted. Then the Lord said. And the Lord said. The Lord saw. The Lord regretted. And then the Lord said. But however, only one man found favor with God. Yes, sir. Today, I want to come from the subject of I must please God. I must please God. And as for the youth department, the Lord, I was in time with prayer back in August of last year, getting ready for this year. I was like, Lord, what is it, the theme, what is it that you, you want us to guide our young people in for 2019? And he told me the victorious faith walkers. And so my subtopic today is I am a faith walker. You ought to repeat that. I am a faith walker. Hallelujah. I am a faith walker. I must please God. I am a faith walker. For we find in Hebrews 11 and 6, now without faith, it is impossible to please God. Yes, sir. For the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and rewards of those who diligently seek him. So in order for you to please God, you got to have some faith. And we find in the story today that there was a man who had tremendous faith. But also in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Yes, this is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Yes. Because Noah, at the time, Noah was in a place where people was doing any and everything with their bodies. My God. And they wasn't living a holy and sacred life, but he said here, I urge you, because this is your spiritual worship, this is your duty to God. Come on. 
And also, don't be conformed to this age just because everybody else is doing it. You better be the faithful one. And say that I must please God. I must please God. I can't be conformed to this age. I can't be conformed to this time because in this time, everybody in the world is saying what's right, wrong, and what's wrong, right. But I know I got to be transformed by renewing of my mind. That I may discern, I got to give my word so I may discern what is good and pleasing and the perfect will of God. I must please God. There's no other thing I must please because the Bible says I'm trying to do it for man, then what you doing? But I must please God. And 2 Corinthians 5 and 9 it says, Therefore, whether we at home or away, make it our aim to be pleasing to him, Pastor yes. Brendan. So even if I'm at Chick-fil-A, church's chicken, the, the locust, I got to make sure that my actions are pleasing to the Lord. Because people are watching your every step. People are watching your every move. Look at that. Oh, them church folks acting like that. Oh, God. Is that pleasing to God? Is God is pleased what you're doing? Because sometimes we think just because we're doing things in secret, nobody sees, but there's somebody who's sitting high looking down and saying, My child, my child, what is you doing? I create you in my image according to my likeness. That don't look nothing like me. (laughs) That look deformed and scary, but okay. You choose your battles. Because the Bible says he's given us the free opportunity to choose life or to choose death. So wherever I go, whatever I may be doing, I got to remember that I must please God. Just say that after me. I must please God. Despite what family is doing, despite what people and your neighbors are doing, I must please God. I can't validate what people say at school. I can't validate what people say on my job. I must please God. They may be talking about you, but I must please God. They may not like you, but I must please God. I, I can't remember. I, I just begin to look back over my life and I begin to say, Lord, for that, I just want to please you. Is there anybody that came to a place in your life that said, I must please you, God? I know I'm dirty. I know I'm messed up. But God, I just need to please you. I don't want nothing else. If I don't need another prophecy about a new car, I don't need another prophecy about a chicken in the meal. I just need God in my life. If you please him, if you give him everything, you don't have to worry about things on the outside because daddy God is in control of everything. You just gotta give it over to him. Yes, Lord. Yes, God. I must please God. Jesus. I must. It's not just a statement, it's a commandment. Yeah, I gotta command my mind because this flesh will get out of source. This flesh wanna do what it wanna do. But when I come searching to the Spirit of God, I gotta tell you, I must please God. No matter how the temptation is, I must please God. Because temptation is real and it will overtake you if you don't tell your mind, I must please God. As the man of God said this morning, he said, I'm tired. I'm not sick. I'm not. Uh, 
He began to speak to that thing. You gotta begin to open up your mouth and begin to speak to your situations and make sure, oh God. The Bible said there's death and life and the power of the tongue and that you gotta speak life over these situations. People are telling you that you're ignorant. People are telling you that you're stupid. Oh no, I am more than a conqueror. I am fearfully and wonderfully made in his image according to his likeness because I got to please the Savior who went to the cross for me over 2,000 years ago. I must please. I must please God. I must please. I must please him. I can, I can, I can treat you all nice, but when the Bible said, "What profit a man if he gain the whole world and then loses?" So I must please God. I don't want another Bentley. I don't want another midget. I don't want. I don't want another ten thousand dollar check. I just want God in my life. Because when I got God in my life, everything else will come to me. Seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. My God, I'm a preacher. My God, I must please. Y'all sitting here making me nervous. I must please. I must please. I must please God. I must please God. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I'm facing, I must please God. The bills are piling up. I must please God. They're raising tuition and college. I must please God. Amen. Gas is getting ready to go back up by you. I must please God. I got to pay the mortgage. I must please God. I got children acting crazy. I must please God. People on my job picking with me and messing with me. I must please God. The check is not coming the way I need it to. I must please God. Things in my home is not acting the way they need to be. I must please God. No matter the hell I may be fighting, I must please God. I must please God. Mm. I must please him. I must put a smile on his face and let him know the Lord. I love you so much, Lord. That I do it, I will worship you. I will sing to you. I will praise you as long as I live. Well, I have birth in my body. I must please you, God. Because my life is in your hands. My life is not in your hands, but it's in the Lord's hands. And I got to please him. Because he can snap his fingers and whoop, breath is gone. So I must please him. I got to please him. I'm all over something everywhere. I'm like, I'm like hey, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to say? But when the Holy Ghost is in the room, I must please. I can't battle with what's on this paper that I typed up and I'm nice and neat. I must please God. I gotta hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And not what Xavier's want to say, what the Spirit has to say. Because I must please God. And we all know the story about Noah. 
Because it was a story that we were taught in children's church. When Noah was living in a city where everybody was out there drinking, smoking, marrying, doing all they wanted to do. But Noah made up in his mind, I must please God. If you get nothing else out of the city today, I must. It's a personal thing. I, I can't tell you, you must please God. No, I, I need to please God for myself. Because sometimes we ride everybody else's coattail, but you got to make sure for yourself that, Lord, am I on the list? And will I be able to make it in? <laughs> so we know that the people, going all the way back from Genesis 1, when God created the heavens and the earth and all everything in the world and then created man and woman and followed man and woman out of the garden because he got stripped by the serpent and everything. So come down. Cain killed Abel, and then comes on down, cursed the land, and then comes down to about the fourth, third chapter, the fourth chapter, yes. where it talks about uh, Adam and Eve. God had allowed them to come together again and to birth forth a son named Seth. And so Seth now in chapter four, chapter five, he has a lineage and talks about his lineages and how Noah is a part of his descendants. Yes. Coming up to chapter six of what we are talking about today, we find that Noah is in this place and everyone around him is doing ungodly things. Mm -hmm. They're marrying outside of marriages. They're Jesus. prostituting. They're drinking. They're doing things that were unholy. They were sanctifying their bodies, living sacrifices unto the Lord. Yes. And so God was looking out and he said, the wickedness it's disgusting. It grieved his heart. It's like my people that I've created in my image according to my likeness. How can you yes. do this? Jesus. It's like you bake a cake and you want it to come out perfect. You tell people, don't be running through my house. You're going to flip my cake. <laughs> Jesus was like, don't be running, doing it, and thinking everything. You're going to flip my creation. And that's what we did. We so God was grieved in his heart. He was like, oh, my people. They've done this to me because you know when that cake come out and you mad now, you'll say, oh, they bring it through my house and flip my cake. Now my cake ain't going to taste good. Now I'm going to be talking about my cake at the family demo. But Jesus, God, he was grieved in his heart because he was like, I created them in my image, according to my likeness, and this does not look like me. This does not look like the cake I put in the oven. Yes, sir. Come on. It's messed up. Now I got to start all over again. Oh, my God. And so the Lord, he was looking out through the land and he found somebody. Yes, sir. Only one person. Will you be that one that God sees? Will you be that one that's righteous and blameless to your generation? Will you be that one that says and made up in your mind that I must please God despite what everybody else in the world is out there doing? I must please God. I got to make up in my mind that no matter what I see, no matter how I feel it, no matter what people may try to perceive it as, I must please God. Because I can promise you, Noah was in this place and all this temptation around, like, come on, Noah. Hey, we have the party tonight. Hey, come drink with us. No, hey, it's good. And I said, no, God, can I just do a little jiggle jiggle? Please. Come on now. 
this is just my thoughts and trying to relate it to the young people because you around temptation and it is strong. But you got to make up in your mind, I must please God. So Noah made up in his mind that I must please God despite what everybody else is doing, despite what people are saying about me, despite how people feel about me. I got to continue to preach the gospel. So then God spoke to Noah. He said, Noah, go build an ark. Now Noah was a farmer. And Noah like, who, me? I don't know nothing about no building and construction. I didn't know about seed time and harvest time. Yes, sir. Put it in the ground, put some water if the sun come, and let it grow up. Yes, sir. But God will strengthen you, and he will give you the tools you need. Yes. So we find that God spoke to him and told him that the instructions, gave him instructions about building the ark. And he said, your family will be saved, but I have to. I have to destroy this, 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 this creation that I made. And we got to start over again. We got to start over again. And so Noah heard the voice of the Lord. And, and Noah began to go around to the people saying, come on, get right. Let's live right. Let's do what thus said the Lord. Because yes. uh, because it's getting ready to rain. And God's going to send some rain. And it's, it's going to cover the earth. And so God told him, I need you to get all the two of the animals. I need you to get seven of the unclean animals. I need you to get all the animals on the boat. And I'm like, Lord, uh. I wish you just left the mosquitoes and the lizards and spiders out there in the snakes. <laughs> but he brought them on anyway. I said, well, they must have a purpose or something. <laughs> so, so he was building the boat and, and talked about his sons, Noah's sons. He had three sons and their wives and Noah and his wife. And so I was this morning I was contemplating. I was like, Lord, why you what about the women? You know, we mentioned the wife and the the, those sons' wives, and, and the, I was like, Lord, is it because Eve ate of the fruit? And so you didn't want to deal with women in this child. Because you know how they are, they're like, it's not right, stop doing that. <laughs> it's supposed to be five centimeters, not two. <laughs> it's just a joke, y'all. I love y'all. I know I'm being a big trouble. <laughs> but it was just a joke. I was being humorous with the Lord. That's how we all. Because I'd be joking. I'd be like, Lord, you know. So they're building the ark and getting everything together. And so then it was time. The Lord called for the people, the animals, to come into the ark. And so they gathered all the animals. And so the people are out looking like, why are all these animals getting in this boat? And they're looking at Noah. Noah said, y'all better come on. This is y'all last chance. Y'all need to get it right. Y'all need to please your heavenly father, the one who created you. Yes. And so Noah got on the boat, and so they was waiting. They waited seven days, and then it began to rain. And then the people was like, oh, it's raining. And so then it rained again some more days. And then they was like, oh, my goodness. Noah was right. So they began to run to the boat. And then when they got there, the door was already shut. They couldn't get in. And so Noah and his family and these animals was on the boat and they was rowing and they was on the boat and the waves was coming and the waves was treacherous and it was raining for 40 days and for 40 nights. And so after they, the rain for 40 days it stopped but the water was still on the earth. They had to sit there on the boat and so then Noah sent out a raven and then uh, and it came back and sent out another raven and it came back and so finally the waters had dried up. Then he sent out a dove above the waters. 
and had gone down and it found a resting place. So the dove came back to the ark. And after waiting another seven days, he sent out the dove again from the ark. And when the dove came to him again, there was a pluck of an olive branch. And so Noah knew that the water on the earth's surface had gone down. That Noah waited another seven days and sent out a dove and did not return. Finally, God invited Noah to come out of the ark. Immediately, Noah built an ark, an altar, offered up burnt sacrifices with some of the clean animals to give thanks to God for deliverance. God was pleased with this offering and said to him, I will never again curse the ground because of man, even though man's inclination is evil from his youth. And I will never again strike down every living thing as I've done. God blessed Noah and his sons and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Every creature has been placed under your authority. Then God said to Noah and his sons, understand that I am confirming my covenant with you and your descendants after you and with every living creature, all the animals of the earth that came out of the ark. I will confirm my covenant with you that never again will every creature be wiped off by the waters of a flood. There will never again be a flood to destroy the earth. He gave the rainbow as a sign of his everlasting covenant that he will keep his promise to all generations of man we, as we find in Genesis 9. So we find today that God's judgment in Noah's time was accompanied by grace. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He's slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining to love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yeah. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished as we find in Exodus 34, 6, and 7. God would rather the wicked repent and live as found in Ezekiel 18 and 23. Yeah. God delayed judgment on the Amorites for 400 years as found in Genesis 15 and 16. God would have spared Sodom for the sake of even 10 righteous people dwelling there as found in Genesis 18 and 32. But eventually his judgment must fall. The flood of a symbol, the flood, a symbol of God's judgment was just a thing done by God because all sin is a capital offense. As we find in Romans 6 and 23, for the wages of sin is death. We should not be shocked that God swept away the world's population with the flood. We should be shocked that he hasn't done something similar to us right now. Sinners tend to have a light view of sin, but all sin is worthy of death. Your sin may be different than mine, but it's still worthy of death. We take God's mercy for granted as if we deserve it, but we complain about God's justice as if it's somehow unfair, as if we don't deserve it. It is interesting that God allowed Noah nearly 100 years to complete the building of the ark. Through all that time, God patiently waited as found in 1 Peter 3 and 20. The scriptures implied that God patiently waited for the people to get it right. For 100 years to get right. How long would it take you to get right? The scripture seems to imply that Noah preached to the people of that time about what was coming as found in Hebrews 11 and 7. They did not believe Noah and were content with their wickedness and idolatry. It is funny, Evangelist Robert, that sometimes you just be preaching to people and telling them about the good news. They still don't listen. They still don't get the word you're preaching. They still don't understand that you're trying to help them out. But they're just complacent and content in their wickedness and idolatry. Because their hearts were hard and their ears adored. No one repented and no one cared to seek God. 
As I find that Noah was one of the great evangelists, Evangelist Roberts, evangelizing that there is something coming, there's rain coming when you come and give your life to Christ and when you get on this boat, the ark of safety. But their hearts were hard and stone and their ears adore. I'm not listening to what you got to sing. I don't care what you're talking about. You're crazy. It ain't rained in a whole week. It ain't rained in two months. But remember what Jesus said. The world will be much the same before he returns to set up his earthly kingdom as found in Matthew 25, 31 to 33. He warned us to be ready because the Son of Man will come and an hour when you don't even expect him. Second Peter, Second Timothy 3, 1 to 4 gives us a clear picture of the state of the world before Jesus comes and most likely also describe the world in the days of Noah. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It's becoming clear that to understand that the world was like in the days of Noah, we only just need to watch the evening news. Because we can see now that there's so much corruption in our government. There's so much corruption in the political system. But if you just put your mind focus and says, I must please God, you are in the kingdom of the living God. You don't have to worry about the kingdom of this world because the Bible says the government shall be upon his shoulders. So we can learn from the life of Noah that he was an example of a life of faith. Because I am a faith walker. Amen. Noah didn't need to test God before going into action because God began to speak to us and we don't have no experience. We're like, God, how am I supposed to do this? God, I don't even have the resources. I don't know how to build and I just know how to plant and sow. But God commanded and he obeyed. He didn't have to question God. He just knew that I heard the voice of God and I'm going to do what. Have anybody in here said, I know I heard the voice of God and I'm going to do exactly what he called and told me to do. Because I must please God, no matter how it may look, no matter how it may say, it may be big to you, but God said, I know you can handle it. That's why I have given you the assignment. Isn't it funny that God called the farmer out of the field to come build an ark to get his family to save, to save the world, that they may be fruitful and multiply? That I thank God that he called Noah because he was a faith walker. He had faith enough to believe that I heard the voice of God. So I'm going to act out in faith, believing that if God brought me to this, he's going to bring me through it. I don't have to battle. I don't have to have opinions. I don't have to ask questions. I just got to trust God and know that I'm going to please God by trusting him. We got to stop questioning God. We got to stop trying to antagonize God. We just got to trust God and obey his word. Because God is speaking, and sometimes we sit there and we make excuses like, God, it's not my time, God. I don't have the tools, God. I'm not skilled enough, God. I don't have it all. But God said, will you trust me? Will you just please me? Because I'm in school to be a teacher, but I don't want to be a teacher, but I have to be in order to be an administrator in education. And so that's like God just picking me up and saying, go be the president of the United States. Like, what? That is way out of my lane. 
But I know I heard the voice of God. I must please him. I got to obey his voice. You may be a baker, but the next minute you may be a carpenter. You never know. You heard the voice of God. He knows. But this is the point I like that this was typical of Noah's life. Noah was part of the godly line of Seth, of whom it was said at the time men began to call upon the name of the Lord. Is there any men in the house that said, I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord for my family, for my children, for my wife, for my kids, my great grandchildren? Is there anybody that can say, I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord? Because we call on everybody else's name, but now it's the time to call upon the name of the Lord. Because the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it for safety. Is there anybody that says, I need to run to Jesus, because I know I can find safety there. I know I can find my peace there. I just need to get to Jesus. No matter what people may say, I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord. And we find that Noah was the result of generational obedience and faithfulness to God. It also, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get old, they won't depart from it. So we find that Noah has some teaching. Noah got subject to the word of God. He was trained up in the word. Is there anybody say, I know I trained up my child in the way they should go. I taught them the word. We prayed at night. We read our word so they know. Even if they stray away, they won't be out there long. Because something is going to get a hold of them. Let's say you know that ain't right. You remember what mama said? You remember when we prayed at night? Something is gonna grab a hold of them to come back to the Lord. Because the Bible talks about a man and about the prodigal son. He went away. But after he came to his realization that said something is not going right, I must return back to my father. And what happened was the father said, Come here, son, I've been waiting on you a long time. My God. So if we were to model our lives after Noah, there is no better rule to follow that to be righteous, blameless in our generation, and to walk with God. Can you, or can you imagine what people say about you? Are you righteous? Are you blameless in this generation? Are you walking with God? When people say, oh, I remember you. They walked with the Lord. They were righteous. They did what was right. They prayed and they fasted unto the Lord. Yes. This is what people said about Noah. In other words, be right with God, be right with others, and have a reverent and worshipful relationship with God. You can think back to the words Jesus responded to the lawyer's question regarding the greatest commandment. Love your Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. We can also learn from the life of Noah that Noah's life shows us the eternal truth that we are saved by grace through faith, as found in Ephesians 2 and 8. God's grace was upon him, aside from which Noah would have perished with all the other wicked sinners in the flood. Noah is also a prime example that God saves his elect. We see that God was patient concerning the coming judgment while Noah built the ark, as we find in 1 Peter 3, 20 and 2 Peter 2 and 5. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. The truth is explicitly stated in 2 Peter 3, 8 through 9, as we learn that the Lord will postpone final judgment until all of the elect reach repentance. Finally, Noah's life served as a reminder that judgment on sin will come. 
The day of the Lord will come as found in 2 Peter 3 and 10. Jesus uses the life of Noah as a foreshadowing of what it will be like when the Son of Man returns to final judgment as found in Matthew 24, 37 to 42 and Luke 17, 26 to 32. As such, we need to follow Noah's example and be a herald of righteousness and heed the words of Paul. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, like Noah, we are Christ's ambassadors. And in these last days, God's judgment is coming, but he offers reconciliation through Jesus Christ. We must take this message of reconciliation to others. And now I feel like preaching. And I begin to look and research reconciliation. It is an element of salvation that refers to the results of atonement. Reconciliation is the end of estrangement caused by original sin between God and humanity. So I stand today as an ambassador of reconciliation to tell you a story about a man that was found in the book of Noah and found in the book of Genesis and the story of Noah. We find that Noah, he was on the boat and there was one door on the boat and I want you to know today that there's one door, there's one way to get to Jesus. He said, I am the door. And if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Is there anybody in here that know you gotta come through Jesus to get saved? You have to come through the door of the ark to be saved by God. And so we find that just as God remembered Noah, God will remember you. The story continues with the rain falling and the earth has seen nothing like this before. For 40 days and 40 nights, the rain came down onto the earth and the water covered the whole earth and it was destroyed. The number of specifics wasn't really known but it's meaning and details the number of years God's people wandered in the desert. And we find as well the number of days that Jesus was in the wilderness fasting and praying and resisting the temptation of the enemy. The number 40 when used in the Bible often points to a period of completion. And then even after the storm, the Bible says that the waters flooded the earth for 150 years in Genesis 7 and 24. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark and sent out a wind over the earth. God should let that God remember you while you're out there on the boat because sometimes we're out there for a long time and we begin to question, say, God, do you remember me? Remember you put me on this ark? You got me on this big boat and all of this water? No, I'm good and well. I can't swim. I... But in Matthew 28 and 20, it says, And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. He didn't leave them on their own to fend for themselves in the midst of the storm. Aren't you glad God is with you in the midst of your storm? You just got to call it to him, knowing that he will be with you every step of the way. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
He cared and was faithful to bring them through. Many of us have learned from experience that God does not stop the storms from happening around us. There's still hard times that we have to walk through. But he does promise us this, that he is with us and he remembers us always. He provided a way for his spirit to help us in this life through his son Jesus to carry us through the most difficult times. Jesus' last words on this earth before ascending into heaven were these, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. He remembers us constantly. He knows our name, our way, and even the fears of storms. He has a plan. Will you trust him in his plan? Even when you can't see it, because I am a faith walker, and I walk by faith and not by sight. Is there anybody in here that knows that I got faith as a size of a mother seed in the midst of this storm? And so Noah's story reminds us that it is by faith we are saved. Noah acted in faith and his obedience was firm in his obedience. He was willing to stand apart from the rest of the crowd, living out his faith, doing what God had called him to do. If Noah did not have faith in what God said, he would never have built the ark and would have perished in the flood along with his family. By faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen and referring fear constructing an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness that's come by faith. We too must have faith in order to be saved. We know from God's word that without our faith, God shows us. Well, without faith, it is impossible to please him. And through faith, we are saved. Noah's life of faith and God shows us the necessity of placing our faith not in our own selves or in this world, but through Christ alone, who is the gift of God's Son for a world that needs salvation. For it is by grace we have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast in themselves. God desires for no one to perish. God didn't just destroy the earth with a flood in a moment of anger and judgment over wickedness. The Bible says that there was a long period of time before he said these events would occur. And when the rain started coming down, there was a period of 120 years mentioned in Genesis 6 and 3. And we know based on Noah's reference to age and his son's age that the ark took many years to build as well. The point is that God gave time for people to repent and return unto him. He even gave the visible reminder through Noah's work on the ark day in and day out that an end was soon to be here. I can't imagine how Noah must have been ridiculed through the years that the ark was not even built near water or an ocean which must have seemed more ridiculous to those who are outside looking in. But even so, Noah stayed strong. Will you stay strong on the course? And he was obedient to completing the task that was set before him. Staying alone on the promises of God. Excuse me. Let me slow down and get myself so I can read right. But even so, Noah stayed strong and was obedient to completing the task 
Staying along on the promises of God was not and is still not an easy thing to do. Yet it is reaping great reward and blessings, not just for him, but for his entire family. How long to draw this world to himself? God desires for us to come unto him through the gift of Christ. He know he longs to draw his world to himself so that many would be saved before the second coming of Christ. The Bible is clear for God so loved the world he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves us all not just some of us. He doesn't want anyone to turn away not even the most hardened hearted people. We find in the Christmas movie about the Grinch he had a cold little heart but at the end of the movie his heart grew three times bigger. Aren't you glad some people's hearts are beginning to grow now? But because he provided a way for us to be saved and he's giving us a free will, then we must make the choice will we follow him or not. The ark offers rescue from the flood. Jesus offers us rescue from the flood of sin. The wooden ark that offered a safe place of rescue for Noah and his family points to the wooden cross of Christ, which is very placed, we find rescue today from the penalty of sin and death. Without it, we are doomed. If he did not spare the ancient world but preserve Noah, our herald of righteousness with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. The ark was made of wood, a certain kind of wood, and covered with pitch according to the Bible. Though it doesn't state what type of wood the cross of Christ was made of, many Bible scholars believe, based on information passed down through the years, that the crossbar was made by cypress wood. Pitch was a covering, a seal that was used to keep the vessel saved. As believers, this is a powerful statement that points to the work of Jesus over us. For the blood of Christ himself has become our covering, our seal, under which we are always kept safe and secure. He shut Noah and his family inside, providing safety. The flood waters represent the death, burial, and resurrection found in Christ alone. The Bible says that God shut the door of the ark. He shut Noah and his family inside, providing safety and offering hope and missed through those dark days. Jesus was also shut inside a tomb after his death. But when the stone was rolled away by God, Christ arose from the grave that could never have kept him in clothes. His power was too great to be buried. He rose victorious and conquering sin and death. God's great power was just demonstrated over Noah and his family by providing rescue through the ark days. And that same power that provided safety to God's people, that conquered sin and death, and that raised Christ from the dead is still active today. God made a covenant, and he is forever faithful to his promise. After the storm, there was hope again. There was new life and a promise for blessings ahead, and that's still true today. Every time I see a rainbow after a huge storm, I'm reminded of God's promises to bring good out of what seems hard. Because nowadays people are taking the rainbow and using it for different meanings. But I say I remember the promises of God again. Amen. The ark was said to have rested high on Mount Ararat. Jesus also rose to heaven to his resting place on the right hand of God. The olive tree branch brought back by a dove signifies the Holy Spirit was descended on Jesus at the time of his baptism by John the Baptist. The olive branch is a symbol for peace. 
Jesus is our peace. And through him we have the peace that surpasses all understandings because of the grace of Christ over our lives. Answering stealing the sin, the sign hung on the cross of our Savior is to believe to have been made of olive wood. His promises are never based on our character. They are based on his. God made a covenant with Noah, and he made a covenant with us through Christ. He would never break his promise. They will stand the test of time because his promises are never based on our character. They are based on his. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. And he is forever faithful. He is true. He is loving. He is good. Lastly, but not least, Jesus will come again. But we do not know the day or the hour. The Bible is very clear in relating the events of Noah with the days before Christ comes again. People were busy doing their own thing and were totally unaware of their need for God and eternal destiny. <laughs> they weren't ready. <laughs> they were surprised even though the warnings had been given. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriages until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the Son of Man being. It will be the same again as believers. We don't have to live unaware. And though we can never know the day or our Christ's return, we can choose to make every day count. We can live an eternal perspective and always live ready, always be aware. So you must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour you do not expect. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you ready for Jesus' return? Have you pleased God with your life? Are you a faith walker? We find that Noah, his life represented the story of Jesus and how he was buried and crucified. But we know that the blood will never lose his power. I just got to remember in my mind that I must please God if I want to make it in. Because I don't know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is coming. Aren't you glad today that you are a faith walker? That you're walking by faith and not by sight? That you're ready for God? to take you with him when he comes back. So God, I thank you today that through my life, I made up in my mind that I must please God. No matter what people may say, I'm built an ark in a desert by around no water. But somehow, God, you opened up the skies and you let it rain down. The song said, it's not getting ready to rain. Let it rain down, God. Rain down your blessings, God. Rain down more love in this season, God. God, we need you to rain in our lives, God, because there are some things around us, God, that does not look like you. There's some things around us, God, that's trying to sway us to the left and to the right. But God, I know that you are with me always because you provide a place of safety, the ark of safety, and I can run to Jesus, who is my safe place, who is my strong tower. And so God, I thank you for Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who came to Mary a virgin into this world to save us from the sins of this
this world. God, I thank you for the story of Noah, for shattering your coming. So God, today the message is for somebody today to make up in their mind. I need to come to the ark. I need to come to safety because I got a command from God that I must please him. No matter what I'm going through, I must please God. I may be bowed down with stuff, but he said, come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But you're going to make up in your mind that today is my day that I'm coming to the ark of safety. I heard the voice of God, and now I'm running to him. I'm running to him with my problems. I'm running to him with my situations because man tried to work it out, but all we did was make a bigger mess. But the song said, Jesus, he will work it out if you let him. Will you let Jesus work it out? Will you let Jesus work it out? Will you walk by faith? Will you stand on his word? Knowing that his word will never change. His word is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Aren't you glad that when God spoke, he said, I'm a God that shall not lie, nor a son of man that should repent. So God said something and he showed us something and he showed us that we can run to him, but we got to obey his voice. We got to have faith to believe that I know I heard the voice of God. I know God spoke to me. And so now in this situation, on this assignment, I must please God. I can't let it be about me. I can't let it be about you. But it's all about him. It's all about advancing the kingdom of God. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I must please God. Hallelujah. I must please God. 